Hi, and welcome to the After Dinner Cigar Podcast. This is, for right now, the Fort Fort Fortnightly Podcast, where we talk about food and incidentally review a cigar. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mike. Uh, it's pronounced better host, not co-host. Sorry, I'm sorry. Better host. There you go. Now you know. This is episode 12, season 2, episode 2. Right. Took a little took a little break, I guess, between episode one and two. <laughs> it was a it was a working break. I was working. <laughs> not on the podcast. <laughs> we were just working. No, not on the podcast. As you'll tell from this episode, <laughs> still ill prepared. Uh, this show is going to be uh, we're calling cooking shows that are better than ours. No, food shows better than we are. Food shows better than we see. This is how unprepared we are. Yeah, well, food you, shows you better than we I, are. You read it as I typed it today, so. You my you memory shot. Um, I got to turn my headset down. You're really loud. Am I? Yeah. No, 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 not you. I mean, in my headset, you're oh, loud. So all right. You don't have to mess with the. You don't have to mess with those sniggly bits over there. That's Mike's new word. <laughs> I heard somebody on the online say it. It was funny. I, I like it. Um, well, sniggly since Mike's bits. already starting, he's already lit his cigar and he's smoking it. I'm gonna hurry up and get to the cigar it's, it's spicy on the lips we uh today's cigar actually was given to us by my mom and dad they bought it while they're at a cigar store in the poconos for us thank you guys they're, they're such super fans that they said we need to spur them on to record another That's episode right. we as i'm sure them, every person we'll buy was them cigars yeah so if if you wanted more episodes send us cigars <laughs> buy us cigars it's a good way to get us to record uh this or cigar just tonight, to smoke cigars this cigar tonight is from caldwell it's called the blind man's bluff it's a six inch by sixty gauge cigar, so it's pretty big. The wrapper is Ecuadorian Habano leaf. It's got a Honduran binder, and it's got Dominican and Honduran filler. It's a medium body cigar. Very, very well constructed. Nice roll, nice and firm through. No, no real soft spots. It smells. It's, it's, it's got a bit oh of a my hard. Goodness. I don't know if I can hear that bug. I didn't hear it. It's got a bit of a hard vein in yeah. mind a little bit, but. Nice. And we're trying to. Um, Mike usually, Mike sometimes punches his cigars. I never have, so I'm going to try it today with a punch instead of uh, prefer, cutting the end. I like the punches on the larger ring gauge because I don't think my ring gauge is it, uh, the cutter I have. I don't think is large enough. Oh, so it kind of cuts like, it weird like for those you know gargantuan. Yeah, cigars. yeah. So it doesn't necessarily all the way cut where I want it. So I like the punch. It does. For a while there, I couldn't find my punch. <laughs> so you're very disappointed. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking a. Uh, yeah, paperclip, and doing like <laughs> one just kind of fifteen <laughs> like little holes, like in the uh, carnival game where you shoot out the star with a BB gun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just make a circle so, around it. So, I, well, not even that. I would just do like random little holes, but it causes a lot of tar buildup, and you get like black tar on the end of it. Oh. Yeah. So then I started doing punching little holes and like perforating it and making a large hole for uh -huh. little holes. <laughs> I mean, you know, you do what you got to do, <laughs> or you could just cut the cigar, <laughs> or you could just shut your mouth, Ryan. And <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> As always, since this is the after dinner cigar, we did have dinner before we ate. Um, today wasn't anything too special. We just had pizza from a local special pizza joint. special at all because I forgot we were doing this today. <laughs> so it's just pizza. From a local joint, though. We didn't get a chain pizza. Mm -mm. I don't think they're a chain, Nick and Joe. I'm sure there's probably in the country another Nick. I mean, that's a pretty good There's got to be like name, another, another there's Nick. There's got to be another Nick and Joe. Nicholas <laughs> and Joseph. Pizza. There's got to be two more Italians around here. That, that made pizza. That, yeah, that made pizza and decided, hey, let's get together and make a. A pizza shop. Yeah, I'm sure in California if, there's a Nick and Joe's. I wonder and, if Nick and Joe still own it. I'm sure they named their kids Nick and Joe Jr. Nick Jr. and Joe Jr. Nick Jr. is a television network. They can get sued for that. Yeah. 
All right, I'm lighting my cigar now since Mike's already in the middle of smoking so do you, his. Do you like the double flame better than single flame? I do. Do you? Why? Yeah. I think it gets covered more evenly. Okay. Because I got a single flame, and I kind of I kind of like the like the pinpoint accuracy of it. I think it's really good for lighting those incense sticks. Takes yeah, we have some citronella it. incense going. It takes forever with those. those uh, what a who's it's one I got. The regular Bic lighter. Take forever to light those things. They smell pretty good. It's like essential oils of citronella and lemon yeah. and bee balm and orange. The cigar actually, with the hole punch, it's, yeah, uh, like it's, it. a, it's a very you. easy draw. Now. Yeah, I told you. You didn't believe me. I still, you know, I still can't find that shuriken that I had. Remember the shuriken? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where that went. I think that was from like episode one or two or something like that. Episode something or other. It, it went with the ashtrays. That we also can't find. Wherever those are. May they rest in peace. <laughs> Ashtrays are, are long they weren't long for this world and they're gone. Gone, gone, gone. So anyway, the topic for tonight is the food shows better than we are. And there's lots of them. Yeah. I don't want to surprise anybody. Um so basically when I was making my notes, I have them split up into three categories. I have informative, which means they're teaching and actually cooking food on the show. Kind of like ones where they make one meal in the show and they Talk you through the meal. Like Rachel Ray, the original Rachel kind Ray, and Giada, like that, yeah. and the original Emerald, and all that. Right. Gotcha. Um, entertainment, which is things where like they travel to different uh, places. Like your favorite, Guy Fieri. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. And third, competition. So is like man versus food a competition show? or is that No, I, I assume competition is there's a winner at the end. Like someone wins and gets a prize at so the like end. So like a top chef or an iron yeah, chef. or okay. exactly. All right. Now that we have the basic framework, frame right. structure, don't you think there's a lot of overlap between all of them? Um, I think I sometimes there are. Yes, I think there's overlap because even even the ones that are where there's competition, they're still informative. Like Iron Chef, you have all the and then right. Even even the original, yeah, you know. But you have you know you have uh, Alton Brown in the in the American version. And I think um, but I think a lot of like the informative shows are really only informative. But competition shows can also be informative. And I guess sometimes entertainment I disagree, can be. I disagree with you. Because the informative shows can also be entertaining. They wouldn't, I mean, they wouldn't be on TV if they weren't entertaining. Well, I, I use entertainment as a different, in a different way, meaning they're not, they're entertaining. Obviously, all the shows that we like are entertaining. I mean, they're more for entertainment instead of informing you about how to cook. Like cooking shows are to entertain and to teach you how to cook. Right. Entertainment shows are just to entertain. They don't necessarily want to teach you how to make something every show. But you can learn. You can learn, yes. So do you want to start with the informative shows? Knowledge is power. <laughs> informative. Because for me... First first informative show that really turned me on to cooking was Emerald. Oh, really? Yeah. The, I was the original Emerald, not Emerald Live. I didn't like that one. Yeah, the original, I feel like... Emerald um, Lagasse. I, forget, what, I don't even know what the name of the show was. Just Emerald Lagasse. I think Emerald? it was just Cooking with Emerald or something like something that. Something like that. Yeah, that was really good. I, I love that one. I like that show. He was... Because he was one of the first people when Food Network kind of first started. Yeah, he was like their first big, big and hit. It's funny because... My first... <laughs> Bam! My, with the essence? the essence? I think that's what's called Essence of Emerald. Essence of Emerald. That's it right there. I th- Hit it with some essence. Bam! The hard part, because my bam, first more exposure time. to him yeah, go ahead. was the Emerald Live. So mm. at first, I didn't like him, because in Emerald Live, he, he played a lot more to the audience and kind of went bigger and tried to like... Yeah. It was more... Be out more. It was more entertainment than So I was actually... Informative. When I, the first time I saw Essence of Emerald, I was actually really shocked because he was very subdued and just like very informative. And 
through the years, I got to really like him a lot more because mm-hmm. you can tell he really enjoys cooking, mm-hmm. and and especially after the um the Hurricane Katrina, yeah, he helped a lot because like he has restaurants you know down yeah, in New Orleans, sure, sure. Yeah. and he did he helped people and he gave people jobs from other restaurants that had gone under because of the flood. Oh really? Yeah, he does he does a lot of good stuff. Philanthropist. And when I see him in other shows. Yeah, philanthropy, not philandery. <laughs> Philandering is something else. I didn't say philandery. I said philanthropy. I, know, I thought you were wondering which word was which. No, I was just wondering if that was the right word. But um, but yeah, for essence, when he actually does a cooking show when there's no audience to play to, I think he yeah. does a lot better personally. Yeah, yeah I, I, I 100% agree. Anyway, that was the first show that really turned me on. And I guess after him was Bobby Flay on uh, on the Food Network. He always seemed arrogant to me. Oh, you know who was really good? I really enjoyed too. And, uh, and I mean, don't forget, you know, Julia Child, but she was a little old for me, like when I was younger. Yeah, I was too young to really watch her. Yeah, and really like, enjoy. I know it. of her. You know who I, I liked was the uh, the the uh, frugal gourmet, right? I barely remember the frugal gourmet, yeah. and then uh, Ming Size Kitchen. Cause it was all on PBS. Yeah, yeah. I I'd all I love those shows, and uh, for me, and there was that old, old Italian lady too. I forget what it was called, like cooking with Maria or something like that. And she was like this Italian lady. <laughs> you named like the, you said the most general title you could ever say for an Italian well, I mean, cooking. I mean, show. <laughs> cooking with Maria, I believe I it was called. It, I don't know what it was, but it was it's just like Nick and Joe's Pizza. It's yeah, the most it's like cooking, thing. cooking with Maria. That was a really good one too. And she cooked like all this Italian food, and it was always Italian food. You know? Yeah. So, but and it seemed like shows like that back then were were very specialized. You know, they didn't cook everything. Yeah, it was literally just one like, thing. Like before, it was like food had a specific genre that it fit. Or a specific, you know, niche that it went into, and now there's like so many niches that have already been explored. Yeah, is it now they're now they're trying to like? Well, I also think get the now, whole fusion thing. You know, you I also think now that cooking has gotten so much in the public consciousness, mm-hmm. and a lot more people are getting a lot more savvy, I guess, about cooking and food in general. Yeah, they kind of have to step because, like, Julie, you know, Julie yeah, you step it up. very basic kind of French food or like. Well, there's I mean, nothing basic about French cooking. But she went like more basic to tea. Like you can't really like nowadays you couldn't make a cooking show. We're like we're gonna just gonna bake a chicken. In French capacity, I mean that you take takes years to become a, a perfectionist French cook. I think you could still have that. I disagree with you on that, just because of the show of us disagreeing. I got to keep playing into that. But I mean, if you think about it, there's so many nuances to French cooking, and yeah. it's such a process that I think you could have a show just devoted to that. Still. So. Well, I know, but I'm saying like, ba- like, I didn't. I guess I don't mean basic French cooking. I mean just basic, cook- like you know, like I said, you couldn't do a show now where you're gonna be like, we're gonna bake a chicken, and that's it. Well, I mean, yeah, you have so many websites that right because people are gonna do, be like, well, that you do something more, you yeah, do something more. Um, and I, and I think we should really limit ourselves to uh, TV shows for this, yeah, because we can get lost in the internet, yeah, you know. Well, for me, cooking shows begin and end with Good Eats with Alton Brown. He was my. He's the alpha third. and omega. He was the third one I really got. He is the alpha to, and omega yeah. of cooking shows. I mean, yeah, the, the guy does everything. He's entertainment. He's you know he, he's Science-y. informative. Yeah, and he brings enough science to it to really, you know, draw the, every crowd in. That was know? my that was my favorite part of his show is because he'd focus on one ing- like one specific ingredient for the whole show. Right. And he wouldn't just tell you that he like he wouldn't just say how to cook it. He's telling you why you're doing it the way you're doing it, so everything makes sense. Like the science behind. Why you're doing specifically something instead of something else? Right. It, well, he gave you the reason. Yeah. And why things happen? I mean, a majority of my cooking and food knowledge has come from just watching and rewatching and rewatching Good Eats episodes. That's where a lot of my knowledge base comes from. Yeah, over and over. Yeah. 
I'm, I, I was listening to our last episode of Noodles, uh-huh. and I think I, I incorrectly used a term. What term? Uh, the I said the autolosis. I don't think that was auto. I don't think that was correct. No, are you looking no. it up right now? Yeah, I'm trying to look it up now <laughs> and do, do some. Uh, I I, I, autolis- I don't think it was. I think it's. I, I think I was incorrect, and I don't know what word I'm trying <laughs> trying to remember what it was. But continue. Go ahead. But um, yeah. So Alton Brown. Um, I mean, so many recipes that I make now, I basically just make from Alton Brown. Um, the way he makes his steak, that's how I make my steak. Um, I make fajitas the way he made fajitas on the grill by putting it directly on the charcoal. Oh, really? Yeah, it's because it um, it because by having it in the air with the, especially you know skirt steak and flank steak, you can get a lot of flare ups from the grease. And he said the best way to get rid of flare ups is you put it directly in contact with the charcoal because there's no air to create flare-ups. So I want to say, I was listening to that, so you don't get flare-ups because it's right on there. I get it. Well, you have you have a layer of that the, the, the white coal, like the ash too, right? You basically... Or do you, or do you, or do you like get, you get a hair you blow You get a hair dryer and you blow the ash away. Okay. And then you put the steak right on the... On so the right, on, right on the, the red... Yep, the red coals. Okay, okay. And it's nice because like, then bits of the meat get that super char where it was in contact with the coals. Yeah, that... Would you call that the fond, the Maillard reaction? Yeah, you get a really big Maillard reaction. <laughs> yeah. So the word I want to correct myself was auto lease, and I think I, I said autolysis, but I think I changed it to auto lease. <laughs> I want to say it was auto lease is what I meant. And you knew that from the get go. Not really, but <laughs> just say you did. A technique that is easily introduced into your bread by making routine, and delivers a dough that is easier to work with. There you go. So. Well, I'm glad to clear that up. You mix the water and you let it sit. <laughs> so I did want to make sure I said that because it was bugging it was bothering me. you. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> and you think? Uh, and and I just got so busy, I forgot to to look it up beforehand. Yeah. So. Today was a busy day at work. But yeah, so good eats. Um, I make his beef jerky. With the with the fam the box fans. Yep. Do you really? Yeah, you've had it. You've had my beef jerky. Oh, you made it with the box fans? That's what I made with the box fans. Oh, okay. beef jerky that I gave you, yeah. And the, uh, what did you use, screens or? Yeah, you, you basically, um, you marinate the meat, you cut it into strips, and you put it in, in air filters, mm-hmm. um, like that you put in your um, in your central air unit in your house, and you basically stack a few of those onto a box fan. You strap a bungee cord, you strap two bungee cords from to keep them on the fan, just crank the fan on high and let it go for like 12 hours. you make hours. sure they're, they're cotton, not fiberglass, right? Yeah, you want, you want the non-fiberglass kind. Right, right, right. Um, and every time I made it, I mean, it just comes out. Cause so it's basically, it's, it's true beef jerky where it's not cooked, it's dried. It's actual dried meat. It's not. Right. Because even some commercial beef jerky makers... They don't just do fan. They have something. Like they they heat it to like 120 or something, you know, or something like that. Right. So it's technically still cooking it. And even and some of that tell you like to go in the fan, like that go in your oven. You have to put your oven up to like 120. So it's the same thing. It's yeah. I was gonna try it in the smoker. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you need the light? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I can use this instead. It was bugging me. It just oh, seems so bright. No, 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 no. Ryan needs to see. So. <laughs> I need my notes. <laughs> don't make notes. You won't need them. Um. But yeah, so I make my beef jerky the way he does. It works. It tends to work better in the winter because dry, cold air is a lot better for drying. In the summer, if you do it outside, it's you know it's pretty humid, so it takes a lot longer to to dry. Right. Um. What else do I make of his? So many things. I make polenta from him. I like polenta. I like polenta. 
But back to other shows. Um, you know, Bobby Flay was. As far as I'm concerned, there are no other shows. I'm I mean, there, there are. I'm going to you talk about Good Eats. Um, I trust a turkey. Bobby, Bobby Flay had a good show. If you wait, let me real quick. If you want to know how to trust a turkey for Thanksgiving dinner, Google Alton Brown's trusting a turkey, and cooking a turkey too, and he does it the perfect way, and it never dries out. You, well, first of all, you should always be brining your turkey. If you're not brining your turkey, you're you're starting off to fail. But he makes a little aluminum shield for the breast meat. So basically, you brown off the meat on a high heat, then you lower the temperature and put an aluminum foil cover over the breast meat so it keeps it from cooking too fast. Because, you know, it cooks faster than the thigh meat. Right. And then everything's done at the same time. Okay. That's all. I um I saw another guy that put um, ice packs on the breasts. Oh, really? Beforehand, so they would let the whole thing get to room temperature, Uh huh. but have ice packs on the breast Oh, so the, the meat's still meat. colder. So everything else is warm, uh-huh. but the breasts are actually colder, so it takes them just, a, it takes, it kind of helps. Helps with that. Right, like it takes it that much longer to have yeah. to thaw out and then cook. Or just spatchcock the turkey, which is probably the, the best method to cook a turkey. Where you split it in oh, half. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And yeah, smush it down. And yeah, it's much much better. Everything cooks more evenly that way. There's not a giant cavity in the way. Yeah. Plus, you get all the nice roasty skin bits. Roasty, toasty skin roasty, bits. Roasty, toasty skin bits. Yeah. I want to build a, uh, like a, um, um, an asador type grill out here uh-huh so just to, to grow over top of yeah yeah al asador um and just have the meat sticking over the, the coals you know i i, I want to do that i also uh, um, la caja la caja china it's a cuban way to cook okay and uh it's pretty cool it's just this box that you put well, use i mean they usually use, use it for like pigs uh-huh. they'll put a whole pig in this box yeah and it's lined with metal but it's a, just a wooden box and it has a lid that has a metal like like a tray on top, mm-hmm. and you just pour dump hot coals on top of that, uh-huh. and it cooks the pig inside of this box. Oh wow! Yeah, and apparently it's a lot faster than like open roasting it. Huh? You know, because it takes like four or five, six hours. Yeah, yeah. To open roast over. Apparently, this is like you know half the time. It cooks inside this. It's, it's pretty cool. It's it's a they call it a china box or La Caja China. I don't know why it's called a china box. Cuba it's from Cuba. It. Yeah, it's maybe it's made in China and they just yeah. use it in Cuba. They're the only ones that would uh, trade with them. <laughs> <laughs> the cake off the American yeah. box in Cuba. A helicopter. And the other thing that I want to do that Alton Brown does looking for us. is in the episode that he uh, he did kebabs. He built a kebab pit in his backyard yes, with bricks and lined that. it with that sand. That is amazing. I want to do that too. This, you, just put the, you just dump the coals yeah, down the line yeah. and you can have people over and just all sit down and like do your kebabs however you want them. Well, I wanted to combine an, an asador pit with uh, a kebab like pit, uh huh. You know, just do like a short little run with sand. And yeah, it. yeah. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know if you guys can hear that helicopter. It's getting close. Yeah. We might, we might have to come back and cut that out. No, we're not. That's, we're not going to cut it out. It's not that lot. It's not that bad. It's, it's getting bad. If, the, if, if that's what turns people off to our show, then <laughs> that's the only thing. And you know. All right. So anyway, go back to Bobby Flay. You were talking about. I, I like the um, I like the Bobby Flay show. I thought he was good. The original I, one, the Boy Meets Grill. Yeah, I mean it was it was fine. It was all it was, I I didn't really like him until beat Bobby Flay. I like that show. See, I do not like that show. You didn't like that one. I, thought I it was feel like good. it's very arrogant of him coming to people and be like, "Oh, you make this one thing really good. I bet I can make it better." Well, I mean, that was the whole premise I mean, of the show. On. That's but, yeah, let, but the, think, let the person have this one. Yeah, thing. but think of those people that are like, "Yeah, I beat him at my own." But game. what about the people that didn't? They well, probably then then, then they inspires probably say, I'll never cook. I'm never cook again. Or that inspires them to get better. I don't know. They wouldn't go on the show if they didn't think it was that good a deal. I mean, obviously they got on the show because most of them had like restaurants and stuff like that. So it's good self promotion. You know, yeah, you, you can't true. take that away. You right. Know? 
No, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, pour me something, please. Keep I went, going while I pour. <laughs> I went and uh, I was uh, pouring coffee from a cup of Joe one time, and I didn't realize how much I had tipped it, and it came pouring out, dumped my coffee off the table and all over to my boss's <gasps> shoes. Oh. He wears like uh, dock siders, you know, with no socks. Uh-huh. So the coffee went flying all over his feet. Oh. He, he luckily he like danced out of the way. He's yeah. pretty nimble. I said sorry about that. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, um, Bobby plays always come off kind of arrogant to me. I don't yeah, really know. No, he isn't. He is kind of arrogant. I, that's kind of what I don't like about him. But he's a good Iron Chef. Mm, I never watch his episodes for the same you reason. Gotta be, you got to be arrogant to be an Iron Chef. No, no, you don't. We'll we'll cover Iron Chef when we get to the competitive section. Hmm. Um, another great cooking show that I like um, is on PBS, uh, America's Test Kitchen. It's <laughs> excuse me, it's it's gone it's gone downhill now. Oh, has it? Oh, because the original that Chris editor, Kimball's gone. The one guy left. Yeah, he left. Yeah, they had a falling out apparently, but he's on Milk Street Radio now. Well, that's why he had they had a falling out because he started making a, a show or a, a show or a magazine that was pretty much exactly like America's Test Kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, but they weren't like testing things on, and they're not. They don't really do like testing on Milk Street. He like he interviews people and goes to different places and talks to different people. It's like I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's anything like America's Test Kitchen because you're not. They're not like comparing products, right? I mean, I listen to his. Have you listened to his podcast? No, it's really good. I'll listen to That's it. That's really informative. The th- more than I, more so than our show. <laughs> <we're> <laughs> I mean, talking, that's, I find that hard to believe. We're talking about it on this episode. This is futures um, that are better than we are. But I like America's Test Kitchen. I haven't seen any new episodes, so I don't know how downhill it went, but um, it's basically the show from Cook's Illustrated Magazine, which I think is one of the best cooking magazines, hands down. Uh, they're kind of like good eats in that each recipe in that magazine, it starts with a basic recipe and it says how they try to improve it and what they found that works better and doesn't work better. And another good thing I like about them is if you're looking, if they when they rate cooking gear and food, they accept no ads in their magazine. Really, no yeah, ads. No, if you if you look through Cooks, Cooks, they never have any ads in their magazine. No kidding. Because they want to be impartial when they rate things, food and equipment. So you know when they're giving their ratings, it's always impartial. They have no advertisement tied up. Nashville. I think that's kind of why the uh, magazine's a little more expensive. Yeah, because well, you got to pay for because they don't have any ads right. to pay for it. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I, I think it's fantastic. It's just a great magazine, and the, and the show is good. It's basically the magazine in show form. They take some recipes, they tell you what they tried and what they didn't, what improved and what didn't, and give you a final recipe that's really good. I'm, I'm realizing a lot of the cooking shows I like are actually more on PBS. Because the other one is the um, uh, uh, Philly Tavern show. What's his name? I've never seen that the one. The German guy. <laughs> never seen that. What? Oh, no. He's, it's um it's from Philly Tavern. He, do, he does a lot of Benjamin Franklin, Old World. He cooks in front of the fire. Oh, really? The open hearth never seen that show? No. Oh, it's great. I can't remember the guy's name. I wish I could. It's like, it's, it's Philly Tavern. Yeah. You know, I mean, you've heard of that, right? I mean, it's, some, it's, it's, I don't know. Anyway, he cooks like everything over the, like, over like the an open, open hearth. hearth and yeah, stuff. he's got the fire and the old cast iron and stuff like yeah. that. It's really cool. Good show. And uh, actually, it's where I got the um, the cookbook, the uh, Benjamin Franklin cookbook. It's where I do my, um, I do his uh, cheesecake with the Parmesan cheese in it. Wait, cheesecake with Parmesan cheese? I never oh, made this one. Oh, so good. I make it for Thanksgiving every year. Well, I, you never invite me for Thanksgiving. Well, you never go to Dave's. Yeah, I go to... Dave uh, will tell you. He's had it. I go to the Big Fish Grill for I, the well, buffet. You, I know. Well, it's a great buffet. Go to Dave's one year and you'll have 
you know, Benjamin Franklin cheesecake. I'll stop by this year. You should. There's lemon zest and Parmesan cheese. Oh, you know how I feel about lemon and desserts. It's lemon zest, dude. Make me one without lemon zest. No. <laughs> Make me a specific one. That's kind of what, like, it's the offset between, the, like, the, all the cream cheese. Right. And the richness right. of the cream cheese. And then you have the sharpness of the, pro, or the not provolone. Parmesan. Parmesan. And then you get that lemon zest kind of, like, like uh, bridges the gap. Yeah. You know? It helps it, helps it mellow. Or I all guess right. it's zesty. Let me see who I, I have I wouldn't here. call it zest if it wasn't zesty. <laughs> I, I like using... Lemon and lime zest? Like, yeah, like, well, even orange zest. Yeah, I like using them things. also for um, when I'm making a marinade. I like yeah. putting lemon zest and stuff in a marinade for, like, chicken or stuff like that. And yeah. Lime zest for pork. I, I, I put it in the um, the uh, Fiora, Fiora de Sicilia. The, uh, the, it's vanilla extract, but it also has uh, lemon and, and orange zest in it. Okay. Oh, it's so good. It's like you put it in cakes and bread. I think I remember breads. you telling me about remember that I put, I put it in my babka. Yeah. And it gives it, like, this... Something. Yeah, a nice little something extra. Je ne sais quoi. A little zest. A little zest. <laughs> yeah. Little all right. So zest. some of my uh, some of my favorite hosts, other than Alton Brown, um, I like Giada De Laurentiis. Mostly because I have a crush on her. Mostly because she has a giant head. I have a crush on her. Have you seen her head? Yeah. It I, does not fit her body. I have a crush on her. Yeah. She looks like um, what was the, what was that little pixie in in Peter Pan? Was her Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. She looks like Tinkerbell. That's fine. If she had the head the size of a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Giada Don't, don't talk about her like Everything that. she cooks is She cooks with pancetta Well I also so love why, don't, why don't you just say I'm cooking with bacon today Because she's Italian her, her thing Her thing is pancetta Just like Paula Dean was butter I also love when like she they have, they have those Anything that's like Italian Certain little things She over pronunciates Oh it's just like it, <laughs> she's, like, then she's like Oh and then we're gonna Grab some pancetta <laughs> it's, it's like when you're Watching the news And it's a, a Spanish like, yeah, Newscaster <laughs> Yeah it's basically That's how it And she's like and we're gonna grab some cheese. We're gonna get some mozzarella, <laughs> but nothing else has an accent. It's just Italian just, words. Just Italian words. <laughs> yeah, they have no accent except for the, whatever it is. Um, um, I also it, like Nigella Lawson. She hasn't been on for a while. The though, domestic right? goddess. I don't. She hasn't been on. No, I like her because I like whenever you see English uh, cooks cooking in shows like the other one, uh, Two Fat Ladies. Have you ever seen that show? V- I vaguely remember it. I remember watching it. Everything is just. Cream and butter, like every recipe involves <laughs> cream and butter. Because no, no, no English food actually tastes good, <laughs> yeah. so they have to have cream yeah. and butter. And the the two fat ladies, they were hilarious because everything they would throw in, they go, "Why don't we put in some more butter?" <laughs> 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 and it was never like a little bit of butter; it, it was, was always just a, like a stick. A, yeah, a whole half, <laughs> like, half but to them, that was adding a little more butter. Like we'll add yeah. a little more butter, then a stick a goes in. Yeah. Um, I also. She kind of gets on my nerves, but I think she makes good food. Is uh, the Pioneer Woman? I forget her name, but her show's called I The Pioneer Woman. I cannot stand her face. I don't like her, but whenever I watched her show, when she made food, I'm like, that food looks really the food good. Food looks great, but I can't <laughs> get past really her good. face. No, I, I always um, when I used to work at a kitchen store, we'd had a TV on. And it was on mute, so she's fine to watch on mute. <laughs> I mean, I I don't really like a lot of Southern accents. Like Reba McIntyre is annoying. I hate listening to her talk can't stand it i don't think i could ever live in the south you just alienated a bunch of our southern fans if we have any <laughs> yeah, all the southern fans if we have the one southern fan we might have you've alienated I mean, if that, them. that's if they, they knew how to work a podcast i'll tell you the views uh the views of mike does not necessarily reflect <laughs> the views of the podcast <laughs> oh man um some of my some of my least favorite hosts oh uh, we i know number one who guy fietti um well i i don't even We'll get to him on the other shows, but uh, Rachel Ray is the worst. Rachel Ray, I do not like. 
Um, her newer show is okay. One time, I'll tell you the reason I don't like her. That really turned me off. One time in one of her shows, she was making, I think, just burgers and fries, or something. She was making something with fries. So she said, "Okay, so first we'll start the fries." She took a bag of frozen fries out of the stage freezer, put it on a sheet pan into the oven, and said, "Okay, now that our fries are cooking, we're going to go to the burgers." I was like, "Why even add that in your show?" Well, you know what? That one lady, that one one show that she had, it was like um thirty minute cook or something like that, yeah. or one hour one hour dinners or whatever the yeah, show was. Thirty was minute meals. Good. That was pretty good, you know. It's showing you how to cook something when you're, you know, you're busy. Well, yeah, it's easy when you're putting frozen fries in a why when you're putting frozen fries in an oven. Well, that's how the vast majority of America cooks. Yeah, but but so why can't you show it? Because that's not a cooking show. You're not teaching someone how to cook frozen fries. Someone's not going to go. Sure oh, let me is. write that down. Let me write that down. That's interesting. Listen, I got a bag of frozen fries that I don't have to take out of the box, so it's just a bag of frozen fries that I lost the directions for. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll stumble across that episode, and now I'll know how to. Cook yeah, but those you don't throw them and go. I'm a chef. <laughs> no. That's very condescending of you. I am condescending. Well, that's, that's me. Mm. And I also don't... Um, it's more in the entertainment section, but you remember she had that show... Maybe it wasn't 30 Minute Meals. Maybe it was $30 a day, where she went to a city and ate three meals on like yeah. $50 a day. It seemed like such bull crap. Oh, well, first of all, the thing that I don't like is she counted that because she would only tip like 2%. Well, you don't tip in Europe. No, she was in American countries. Oh, I thought it was over in No, it was in American countries. it was Europe. Okay. So like... The bill would be fifteen fifty, and it would say like tip one fifty. What? Yeah, and I'm like that is tip? not a tip. You are really stretching it if you say so. That was tip. Here, here's my thing with tipping: if my bill, if twenty percent doesn't equal at least five dollars, I round up to five. So I do a minimum of five dollars. Right. So if it's like a fifteen dollar. Regardless, if it's like a fifteen dollar bill, it's five dollars. Minimum. Five dollars, right? Minimum. That's my minimum. Yeah. I figure, you know. I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm a, I'm a tipper. I think tipping is key. Well, I think I also think tipping by percentage is weird because to me, a lot of times in a more expensive restaurant, I mean some some nicer restaurants they go above and beyond in the service, but a lot of times they're doing the same thing that someone at like a diner is doing. Like they're bringing your food right. just the same. They're you know they're doing just the same thing, so it's not really fair that they get tipped like thirty dollars. For the same thing. Yeah, and you'll tip a person at a diner like $7 yeah. when they're doing the exact same work. And probably a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably rushing a lot around a lot more at a diner than a, yeah. a nicer restaurant. So what we're saying is tip your people. <laughs> Absolutely. You should, you should definitely tip. The tipping is, is key. I was, what was I listening to that was trying to get rid of tipping? It was like a, a big restaurant chain in New York City. Like oh, a major. There, was a, there was a restaurant chain that in their... In their oh, it was the one that went the, at the, uh, the MoMA. Whoever oh. whoever owns the restaurant in the moment, uh-huh. it's like a, it's like a restaurant company. You know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah. one of those corporations, and they have several throughout New York City. And uh, they they were trying to do some kind of thing where it was equitable between the front and the back of the house, but it wasn't <coughs> it wasn't based on a uh, I don't know I can't even explain how it yeah. worked. It was it wasn't it wasn't a tipped based thing. You don't tip right. It was added into the food, obviously the tips. You know, so the the food costs a little more. Right, right. What it does is somehow they work on a. Um, like a sliding scale okay. on their wages, it was yeah. added in somehow. I don't know. They get like a portion. I don't. Know, whatever. Right. Listen to that episode of whatever it was I listened to. <laughs> um, I don't explain it better. Another I think it was one Planet of Money. It might have been Planet Money. Uh, Must have been what? It might have been a Planet oh, Money oh. episode or Freakonomics Radio. One of the two. Uh, another host. I don't think they host anymore because they got divorced. But was the uh, the Neelys? Were those the ones that uh, 
didn't one of them win one of those epi- one of those shows? I think they did. They won a competition show, where they were runner up or something like that. Yeah, something like that. They were the two creepiest. They had like couple. Yeah, they would. Oh, I remember so many times the one like they'd be mixing things up. They were practically just like making out on the camera, and like <laughs> yeah. the guy would be. Well, nothing makes up, us, nothing makes the sauce better than. Well, kissing. she was she would sit there and she'd be like. She'd go, oh, get it, daddy. I'm like, I do not want to hear you say that, man. That is that is too much. I want to take a minute and talk about the cigar. Okay. Very good. I like it. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's, a, a, little, it's a little spice on my lips. Good smoke, too. But I'm not getting the the, the, uh, like the, the heavy mouth feel with it, you know? It, it pulls really nicely. It's burning perfectly even. Yeah, mine Great, too. great white, white gray ash, you know? Really nice thick smoke. Yeah. But not overpowering. It's not super creamy. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I don't think it is either. It's it's a thick smoke, but it's not. I wonder if we're going to get a cigar that we don't really like. <laughs> One of these days. And we're getting <laughs> random ones, too. It's not like we're... Yeah, we're not getting ones that we've already smoked and we know that we yeah, like. these are all just... I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's a great cigar. It's burning really well. I've already lost my ash, and I'm already building up another, yeah. another section. So I me guess too. I'm about, you know... I, but I asked mine because I was scared it was going to fall on me. Third, third left. What? I asked mine once because I thought it was, I was afraid it was going to fall. No, on we me. didn't have. We don't have an ashtray yet. Yeah. So it's a good thing we're outside. Yeah. But yeah. So the Neelys, but they got divorced. So all their lovey-dovey stuff was just to show, I guess. Or they're just over lovey-dovey. And yeah. It was. So, and also now I have a, a question for you about the informative shows. Okay. So what do you think makes a good informative show, and what do you think makes a bad informative show? Oh, that is that's a good question. I mean, a good good informative show obviously is you know what's your benchmark is is Alton Brown. So it's, that's a, that's a high bar right, to, right. to hit. I think a, I think the host is a very key. Are you going to answer? Or you want me to? Where's well, the discussion? I don't want to answer just for your answer. <laughs> <laughs> it's a discussion. It's a topic. Um, I think I think key is you got to have an uh, you got to have an engaging host. You got to have an entertaining yeah. host. There's got to be something. And he's got to be like or she or she. They have to be so either. You know, I don't want to say they. They have to be neutral, mm-hmm. but also engaging. So they have to be entertaining yet neutral because you don't want to. You don't want to alienate. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Like I said, Giada gets on my nerves because her head's so big. I can't get past that. <laughs> Pioneer lady, I can't. I can't much. stand those dimples on the side of her face. I, I just. I hate it. You know, and I can't watch her show because of it. I hope. What if the, what if they're fans of the show? They're not anymore. Oh, we lost them, but whatever. <laughs> hey, listen, you know, if if you can't be in the public limelight without criticism, then definitely don't go on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But it's it's like you need to have. You can't be so. You can I mean, you can have a quirky trait, but you can't like play on it so much that it's, you know, that it detracts from the the right that, the that your trait takes the up the whole show. That your yeah, trait you is. You don't the want show. your trait to be the show. Like I think Guy Fieri, his trait is the show. Like he's like over the top. Yeah. Whereas like you know like Anthony Bourdain, he's he's very neutral, but he's he's aggressive at the yeah. same time. But he's mellow. Right. You know. So so it doesn't he doesn't detract from the show. Yeah. And that was like the same thing I said. The difference between. And I love Anthony Bourdain. I think he's a great. Oh, host. we're gonna get to him too. Don't worry. Yeah. I mean, all of his shows. I've I haven't seen a show that I didn't like. Of yeah. His. But so that's the same thing. Like you said with the engaging host and not going too big. That's the same thing I said. Was the difference between like Essence of Emerald and Emerald Live? Exactly. Like even that same host in two shows, I liked him in one show and didn't like him absolutely, in the other show. Absolutely agree with you. Like uh, okay, so um, you know, uh, Chopped, right? You got that uh, the guy with the gray hair. I can't think of his name. He does it. Jeffrey Zakaria. Yes, I did not like him when he was on Top Chef. 
Okay. Right? When he was a comp- competitor on he was a competitor on Top Chef, right? He's well, he's an Iron Chef now. He was a competitor on the next Iron Chef, probably. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe yeah. it was next Iron Chef. Anyway, I didn't like him when he was trying to become something. Right, right, right. But now that he is something, I like yeah. know, I, I like his his attitude. I yeah. guess. I don't know what, what it is, but I like him better now, his his per- persona now. Yeah. I I mean, because I really think the host is kind of really what makes it, makes or breaks the show. Because if it's a good host, no matter what they're cooking or what kind of food it is or what cuisine or if I'm interested in it or not, if the host is good, I'll watch it. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't even think... I think the food itself or the subject matter itself doesn't even necessarily make the show good or bad. No. Like, like Ming Tsai was just... He was like... He was cooking Asian food and it was very, very niche Asian food. Yeah. But he was so like happy and right. excited about it. You know, yeah. It's like you wanted to watch. Yeah. Like he was, he was just, a, he seemed like a nice guy. Like you could sit down and have a conversation with right. him outside of, you know, him being famous. Like, a, and a good example of like a host that's not right. even a cooking show is like Bob Ross. Like I have no interest oh, in, yeah. I have no interest in painting. But it was so relaxing. I don't want to paint. But him as a host was so engaging. Yeah. just so mellow and relaxing. Happy he was such trees, a good, man. he was such a good host. Yes. You watch those shows, but you're like, I have no desire to paint. I don't want to learn how to paint. My uncle used to watch him, and he started painting because, because of, him. of him. And he painted some really good paintings. Made some happy little trees. No, he, like he did a really good job. Like, yeah, you, I think he was an informative person. Right. So right. people who were interested, but Could also learn, he was right. also able to grab that audience that really wasn't necessarily, yeah. in, you know. Yeah. So I think that I think the host learning. it starts and ends with the host. Like you have to just have a good host. Well, I mean, sure, that's you know, that's it's probably why we're so successful. Oh yeah, you know, look at I us. Mean, <laughs> you have two great hosts. I mean, we're double. We have two great hosts. We, we were able to quit our day jobs to do this all the time. Sure. Yeah, because. <laughs> That's why we're Fort Fort Fortnite. <laughs> so that's why this show, yeah. Um, all right, so you ready to jump to entertainment shows? Because no, we never finished that. What's what's like? What's a bad show? What's what I'm saying? Like, I think a bad show is just think, a I bad think, host. I think any any live show is bad. Yeah, or I mean, any live show with an audience. Yeah, I mean, because like, where they have to play playing. to an audience. Yeah, but I mean, like Iron Chef had an audience, but it was it was different, you know. And the, like even the the original Japanese version, they had an audience, but I think it was. It was better. I liked. I actually liked the judges on the original Iron Chef better yeah. than the judges on the American Iron Chef, and yeah. I had no idea what the other ones were saying. I mean, they had a translator, obviously, but I think they were. I don't know. I, I just I liked the, the 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 judges they had for that. Yeah, better. and I really enjoy the judges on um, Chopped. Yeah. Well, we're not in the competition yet. Listen, I told you they overlap, and they're going to overlap because all of those not only are they celebrity judges. They're also chefs too, so yeah. they're so they're informative even when they're when they're you know cooking in a competition setting. Yeah. So all right, well we're jumping back to entertainment. Okay, good. I got I got to go by my list. I got to go in order. Yeah, go ahead. Or else I'll freak out. Entertainment. Go ahead. Uh, so the first one I actually have written down for entertainment is Anthony Bourdain's shows. Yeah, re- excellent. Every one of his shows. Is um, good. I think he seems he seems like a super approachable person. I've I love all his books. I've read his books. Um. It's closed, but I've eaten at the, I've eaten at I ate at a restaurant. We ate at, I think we took you right when we went to New York. We went to Layal. No, I wasn't there. I wasn't. No, you didn't go to Layal with us. Where did no. we go when we went to New York? Uh, uh, strip house. Oh right. Um, but Layal was one of my favorite New York restaurants. They closed unfortunately because their rent got too high. Um, but that was Anthony Bourdain's where he. That was where he was working when he wrote Kitchen Confidential. Is rent high in New York City? I mean, I guess some places. Not. It's really <laughs> weird, isn't it? I mean, it doesn't seem like it would be high. It seems like it'd be pretty affordable. Yeah, I mean, all that housing. Not, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Anyway. But um, that was the restaurant that he came up in. He actually was the executive chef there at first, so he made, like, the menu and everything. And that was the restaurant he was working in when he wrote Kitchen Confidential. Okay. Um, I think the only celebrity, like, 
restaurant I've ever been to nope, was... you've eaten at an Iron Chef restaurant. Yeah, I know. That's the only one. Oh, that was, yeah. That's the only one I've ever eaten. Yeah, we ate at Amada in Philly, which is... is yep. Okay. Which is host, um, Jose Garces. I like him, too. Um, which is his... one. I guess one of his restaurants. I'm sure he has more. But no, it's one of his know. restaurants. Um, it's a tapas place in Philly, mm. and it was fantastic. Absolutely. They're poached eggs. Those poached eggs, man. <sighs> we kept on getting them. We asked for more. <laughs> just, just the eggs. Um... But Anthony Bourdain, yeah, he seems very approachable. I like his shows because he always goes to the local places. Like he doesn't go to, like, I mean, he goes to some famous places, but like he goes to the places where, like, like this is the true cuisine of this the city that he's in. Yeah, well, he he definitely you know showcases, you know, the either the, the national cuisine or the like the like you said the local fare. Cause even if you go to one country and you go to one portion of the country, like if you go to the south. You got fried chicken, you know. If I go to Salisbury, Maryland, they got fried chicken because right. there's chicken everywhere. Down right, there. that's their thing. You know, but if you go to, you know, Pennsylvania Dutch land, you, you get shoe fly pie. You certainly do. You know, but I'm saying so. Then it's what he he focused on those right. little things. Yeah, which is which is like this is what this region does well. Right, and this is what he's eating. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was good. And but he also went guy. to like random places too. Right. Like, like street like carts in Vietnam. Well, that's what I was saying. I like that he's a big advocate of like street food. And yeah. Like, like, because I agree with that folk, too. Where, you know? it's, where it's like. Anybody can go best, to a Michelin star yeah. restaurant and say, oh my God, this food's amazing. Yeah. And that's always, and, and it's a good way to show people that you don't need to go to. I mean, expensive restaurants are nice once in a while to eat at. Like, I love going to really nice restaurants. But at the same time, it shows you like to get a great meal, you don't have to do that. Because a lot of good meals, too, even at nicer restaurants, they're cooked with like you know five ingredients. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as your ingredients are good quality. And that's, I mean, that's all you get to. Yeah. Plate. Yeah. Look at it. It's like, oh, that's not gonna fill me up. <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> you know? so. I mean, like you can go like on a street food in like in Japan. Right. Get some yakitori or something just oh, on the street, like yakitori. in a cart. And so now I I do want to since you you mentioned yakitori, <laughs> I do want to mention uh, I watched a Netflix documentary. And I guess that would that would count as a as a cooking show. It was a uh, Jiro dreams of sushi. Such it's on my queue. I still haven't watched. I need to watch such it so a bad. Great show. It, it's been on my queue for like years. You need, I need to watch you need it. Just watch it. It's just and it's it's just great. And and, and, and you know, another one is uh, Steak Revolution. Was yeah, another documentary I had to watch. Well, was, I also have one written down that I wanted five. to talk about because I haven't seen it. Steaks in the world was a uh, Chef's Table. Chef's Table was really good. I liked. Do you watch it? Yeah, I haven't. Watched I watched the first only. season of it. Yeah, and I didn't watch the second season for so, no reason other than I just yeah. So each each episode they kind of just cover one chef basically. Yeah, they, they like focus one restaurant. They or focus on one chef and like their what, one restaurant. What they do. Okay. Not, and I shouldn't say he, he or she. Yeah. What they do, you know, because some of them are really passionate about you know farm to table. Right. 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 Or you know they're passionate about you know well, organic or or um, you know like uh, the one guy was was all about using this one tomato that was developed at the the school you know whatever it was the the university and that's all he was just interested like he got involved from seed to plant all the way through the process right so they were developing you know certain tomatoes Uh just to fit the style that he wanted you know so they would get a a flavor profile oh i was gonna say like to fit the flavor profile that he was hybridizing and hybridizing until they finally got to whatever it was and it could be like the you know the 30th iteration right from where they started and that's what they finally you know ended up with yeah that was kind of cool you know just you know starting just from 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 the soil to the seed to the plant right so he was he was basically with it from like its infancy yeah but not only that but the infancy of this one and that wasn't quite right 
Right. So they crossbred, and then it, and they finally got to a point where that's where it is. This is the flavor that I want. This is this is it. Right. It was it was kind of cool, cool, you know that that you know his passion wasn't just in the kitchen itself, but right. You know how it got to the kitchen too, and that's kind of what the the chef's table does. Is it it focuses on you know not just the aspect of them cooking, but their their whole like how they came up through right where right. they started, where they got to, and how they ended up where they are, and what they do for their kitchen. It was really cool. I, I enjoyed it's that. It's also that's, on my that's, that's a really good one, too. Yeah. All right. So now we're going to get to the one. And then, uh, what, what's his name? And uh, I can't remember the name of it. He, he wrote a book. It's the uh, Fire, Air, Water. Oh, I remember you telling me about this. And okay. Earth. And I'm trying to think. I don't know. I wish I could remember it offhand. But it's on Netflix, too. Okay. And it's, I can't remember the guy's name, either. Really good. He has a book. And it. I don't know what I don't, I don't know what the book's called, but the, the, he has four episodes: fire, water, earth, and air. Okay, and it oh, does, right. and each so fire was cooking like to cooking. Yeah, like like they did tandoori. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did um, cooking over grills, you mm-hmm. know. But they did like different areas. You know, they went to Aborigines. Right, they, right, they, right. They went to like I said, you know, kitchens in in India. Yeah, you know that they're just it was the craziest thing. Like those kind of kitchens couldn't exist in America just because of all the the, the food safety laws. You know, you had guys sitting on top of a tandoori oven in their bare feet. Like <laughs> yeah, that would never fly in mixing America. Mixing these, the, these, um, uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, the non bread? Non bread. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Mix, like mixing non bread and yeah. would just slap Slapping it on, on the, the inside yeah. of the tandoori, but he's sitting on top of it in his bare feet, like hunched over. <laughs> yeah. First of all, like you see, you see, like, um, catchers in, in uh, Major League Baseball, yeah. they lose their knees. Because they're always right, right, they're right. always bent over, like right. hunched over. Catch it. These guys are like this twenty four seven, you know, I mean, right. and they're just fine, you know. So maybe Americans are weak. Yeah, <laughs> they're not. They're not. Uh, we just they're lost, not dedicated. To we the just non. lost the other half of <laughs> our dedicated to the non. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now we're gonna get to. But that, that's the, the, like I was um, Milk Street Radio. So just to go back to that. Oh, okay. He went. This is how it differs from from America's Touch Kitchen. Where he went to, or he had, you know, reporters or whoever works on the on the on the episode, not necessarily him, but somebody was. They went to this, you know, they were talking about barbecue, and they discussed this one restaurant, and it was somewhere in in Africa, Cameroon, or something like that. Uh huh. Where like you go up to the thing, and you grab your chicken, you pick it out, it's raw, plucked. You grab your chicken, you hand it to the person, say you know how you want it, and then you put it on a tr- platter, and they take it, and then you got like navigate down this little hallway uh-huh. that's like slightly sloped but covered in grease <laughs> like, and then you end up at the bottom waiting for the rest of your chicken and you're at it's like a giant party out there right and you get your chicken eventually eventually you get your chicken well i mean you know it's just like you know you place right. your order then you move it down but it's it, like the food safety laws it's like yeah, they there, there aren't, you would yeah. never see that kind of thing but he said it was like this great party at the bottom of this restaurant right. everyone's having fun and you're just tearing chicken off with your hands and eating it that way you know that it's that it seems like a really cool way to eat yeah and it's just like well, i don't think we could ever experience it like no we yeah. went there you know i mean they could probably get something similar but it wouldn't be the, it just wouldn't be the same it's not the same yeah you know they, and they, um, they, they, they talked to the one guy you know and it was i was watching another episode on on uh, netflix and i forget what it was but the guy was just like you know i started here and this was just a shack and you know cats were living here it was dirty it was dilapidated right right you know and he was he's barbecuing you know and he's talking about how he turned this 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 uh this shack into this this great barbecue joint and you know obviously it's in a different country but it, it's just he's cooking over like a uh a half of a, a oil barrel yeah 
and it's just cooking chicken, and that's how they make their livelihood. It was uh, it was South Africa actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they were they were talking about barbecuing in South Africa, and they did like the dichotomy. So you have the the um, the black portion of South Africa uh-huh. and the white portion of South Africa, and how they they barbecued differently. Differently. Uh huh. But it was all still the same thing. Yeah. You're just barbecuing food. Right. But it, but especially there, you can see the stark difference between right, and cultures. Yeah. Because I mean, you, could, you know, with um, apartheid, apartheid and all that. Yeah. So. It was just it was cool to see that that you're, they're doing the same thing, just separately, you know. Right. But it was actually exactly the same. Yeah. It was, it was just it was cool. Huh. It was cool to see. And I forget what what show that was though. <laughs> That's why you need notes. <laughs> so. But Netflix is a really good way to watch. The next show I want to talk lot about. Of cool, cool, uh, cool cooking shows. Ones that are like off the beaten path, you know. Yeah. Like documentaries. And yeah. Whatnot. Because the Food Network, I think, is starting to sell out. You I think, think they're kind of yeah. I mean, I don't really watch the Food Network anymore. I don't really watch it much. Other than either. other than uh, Chopped, yeah. I think Chopped's still on it that I watch, and and uh, Cutthroat Kitchen I watch. Cutthroat Kitchen, yeah, I like that too. It's kind of kind of neat, neat little take on. We got the competition for yeah, that, yeah. Because the next show I want—it's not my about, favorite. Mike is what? Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. It's your favorite. Never has there been a show that I like so much and hate the host with such a passion. At the same time. Such a great premise for a show. It's such a great premise for a show. And I cannot stand Guy Fieri. <laughs> I, there is nothing that I like about him. I don't even like his other show where he was cooking. When he was cooking. Fired up or whatever it was, it was basically He was basically cooking like TGI Fridays. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with TGI Fridays, but. It's, uh, he... He, there's no redeeming thing that I can say that I, there's nothing good I can say about that I like. <laughs> you thought it was that bad. I I, I thought he I think he's that bad. Yeah. I I watched Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives because it's a great show. I love. You know what I really liked about it is, is they really did focus on the very Americana, small thing. Yeah. You know? Very small restaurants. Yeah. He he was the Anthony Bourdain of America. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Because the, the there's, local there's flair, some places, local cultures. There yeah. are some places that he's gone to that I'm like I want to go there. There's um. Sure. I forget the name of it. I can I'll look back at the episode. But he went to a great-looking barbecue place in Baltimore. And it's basically when you walk in the restaurant, it's like an open pit. You know how they have like those um those diamond-shaped yeah. like wire grates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that, that like all they, to- that's the all they cook on, yeah. like on open fire and stuff. And yeah. it looked fantastic. But never have I disliked a person more than God. I mean, I probably have because I dislike a lot of people. I like those big open pit ones, big circle pits. Yeah. They got like racks and racks yeah. of, of meat going. Yeah, but, cool. but yeah, I, like it's such a great premise for a show, and I love the show so much. And just, I cannot stand Guy Fieri. Yeah, yep. I hate him. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah, no, I, I have to agree with you. I, don't <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess he appeals to some people. I don't know. Ugh, not me. No, I, I have to agree with you on that one. He's he's an annoying person. But it's, he's, he's more than welcome to come on this show if he wants to and defend himself. But. The <laughs> But the show is such a good he does, show. He does seem like an approachable character, though, too. Mm, no, he doesn't. But to me, he does. I feel like within two minutes, I'd be sick to death of him. Yeah, but you could still go up to him and talk to him. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't by, go up and talk to by him. Saying, I'm saying he's approachable by, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Mm, but I he's also the one who would say, hey, take a picture with me because I'm famous. <laughs> <laughs> um, two other shows that I like that I fit in the entertainment section because they don't really go in the um, competition is... Um, Restaurant Impossible and Kitchen Nightmares. I love Restaurant Impossible. Two guy. kind of similar things. Restaurant Impossible is a little different because they set like a they set kind of like a. I thought that was a great it. show. But I, I love that show. I think show. it's a great show. Yeah, 
Um, because I like that dude, whatever his name is. Uh, no, I've yeah. just forgotten it. Ian Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know something English. Shoot. He's got arms like a tree trunk. It's Ian that something. Guy. It's not Ian. Ian Smith. It's definitely not Ian. Whatever. Something English. Um. Oh man, now I have to look because I. It's gonna bug me. I can't think of another like English name. Nigel Ralph. Fairbottom, I think. Ralph. Nigel, Nigel Featherbottom. It's not Nigel. Nigel Featherbottom. No. I don't, I don't, uh, know, I don't know, I can't remember his name. Hold on, guys. Have, oh, we, have we moved man. into competitions yet? No, we're not. Because there's a whole, I mean, there's a whole slew of shows. Because competition shows are also informative. Because, um, well, anyway, because Restaurant Impossible, uh, Robert Irvine. That's there his you name. go. I told you it was Irvine. It's Ian. You start, said Ian. <laughs> started with an I. But that's his last name. Whatever. Um, but his show and Kitchen Nightmares, I like. Um, it's just funny too because those shows, especially Restaurant Impossible. The amount of times that they've gone in, and these people have no idea how to cook even, I just think, why did they decide to open a restaurant? Oh, Mike's bragging and blowing smoke rings, which I cannot do. It's like... Practice. Like, Robert Irvine will you know, go in the kitchen to look in their freezer and see what they're cooking, like what ingredients. And it's not and even frozen. And everything's frozen. <laughs> everything's frozen oh, and like pre-cooked. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, if you don't even know how to cook, why were you like, you know what, I'm going to open a restaurant. What was the one he did where... They had to do like uh, they would do like three different things, huh? <laughs> Remember he was doing the show where they he went into it and he got this group of people and we had to put on a a banquet and then we had to do this. Oh, I think it. it's Dinner Impossible. Dinner Impossible. Yeah, yeah I like that one too. That was a good one. Yeah, but I like Restaurant Impossible and I like Kitchen Nightmares because, well, first of all, I think Gordon Ramsay's really funny, and he gets kind of gets on my nerves. I mean. I mean, there's only so many shows you can have where an English guy's yelling at you and telling your hair horrible. And I think it was overdone with with uh, American Idol, with that dude <laughs> Simon <laughs> you know, Cal. Yeah, I mean, like he he. I, I don't know. Maybe English TV was like that beforehand. Right. I don't know. But well, the funny thing too is, um, in Restaurant Impossible and Kitchen Nightmares, people are always saying how, well, yeah, but most of those restaurants went out of business and he didn't really save them. Blah blah blah. But they say, especially for Kitchen Nightmares, anyway. The amount of restaurants that succeeded compared to going out of business is actually a higher percentage than the normal the normal the restaurants normal that failed failures, compared yeah. to proceed. So actually, he's doing he was doing better because it's like there you go when I think it's it's something crazy like ninety percent of all restaurants you know something like that. There's some it's I some, think it's seventy percent. Yeah, it's some like huge percentage yeah, of restaurants that fail. Yes. So like when you're going into a restaurant that's already failing. It's. I mean, you can do your best. Like you can be Gordon Ramsay, like a five star chef, and like know exactly what you're doing and sure. how to run a restaurant. Yep. But there's only so much you can do with a person who doesn't want to learn, or because I think so many of those people, Gordon Ramsay or Robert Irvine, kind of tell them, "Look, this is what you need to do." Yeah. And the minute they leave, I feel like they go right, back, go right to back to doing what they were doing. Ways, yeah. That was failing, and so it's like, of course you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. And some restaurants, like even if you do it, make it better, just through word of mouth, like you can't always just come back from that. Even if you start, like, cause well, yeah, there, those, there's a tipping point. Because some know? of those people, you know, when they come in, they're like, "We're a million dollars in debt." Well, no matter how good you do that next month, if you're a million dollars in debt, you're still going to be in debt. You're not and like in debt to all your food pro- like purveyors and stuff. You're not going to Yeah. There's only so long you can stay in business, no yeah, matter I how good you start that. doing. Yeah. Um but yeah, those are I like those shows a lot. Um I think sometimes the little uh exaggerated like when they whenever sometimes when they would try the food and they would just instantly just spit it out and be like, I, I can't even, I can't even eat this. 
Because I've never gone yeah. to a restaurant, even even restaurants that I didn't like. Well, you're not going to order. Gone, you're not going to order something that you know you're not going to like. No, but they've I mean, they've done that. I've seen them do that with like burgers or like chicken. Yeah, I mean, who's going to say that? And so, like, I've never like even restaurants that I've could that I've hated. I've never gone to a restaurant and put a piece of chicken in my mouth and just spat it out and gone. I can't. I can't even eat this. I would eat it at least have, you know a little bit of it, if, especially if I'm hungry, and just be like, I don't really like it. I've eaten things that I thought tasted horrible. Yeah. and ate them. Continued to eat them because right. one, I either paid for it. Yeah. Or two, I was hungry. Yeah. So I think some of that is just exaggeration because I've never put a bite of food in my mouth. I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't Listen, stand it. I, I had a sub from a sub shop that was the worst sub I've ever eaten in my entire life. But I continued to eat it because I was hungry. So I can't think of any time where I've actually turned food away. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> Real quick, another thing about the cigars. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. These I things... Have. Are staying lit really well. I haven't had an issue yet. I've like I've been talking more than I've been smoking, and my cigar has not gone out yet. Like every time I puff on it, I think it's I think it's out. Yeah, it starts back up again. Yeah, it's staying lit. You very, always very have well. a problem with with uh, lit cigars. Yeah, because I talk staying a lot. Lit. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> some of the little bit of feedback we got from our show has been about that. Well, I'm just deal kidding. with it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I'm the heel. It's a nice night out tonight it's too. Really nice night out. We got crickets in the background. We'll see if they they come through this time. Yeah, we don't know. I don't think they will this time. Maybe well, they will. We'll what do we know? What do we know? It'd be like episode one and two. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, don't listen to those. <laughs> it's like if you're just coming in. Just start at like four. Like if, you, if you're just starting yeah. listening now. Start like four. Start Go back four. to four. We'll do sandwiches over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a, a sandwiches revamped. Uh, you ready to go to competition? Yeah, because we, we've been hitting competition this whole night. Yeah. Talking about I everything. feel like that's what you really want to talk about. Well, not really. I mean, I, I like the informative shows, but it seems like all the cooking shows now are less... Are competition. Are competition informative. Yeah. Like slash informative. Um, so I think our, I think both our favorites are probably Chopped. No. No? I have a new favorite What's competition your new favorite? show. Oh, I know. I think Amy just told me about it. Yes. We'll it's, get to that in a second. Can we talk about Chopped first? Favorite. Yes. Can we talk about Chopped first? Chop first? Because I haven't seen, I haven't <laughs> seen the show the, the one, like. Okay, so the one episode of Chopped that I love, and I, it sits in my mind, like, you know, you, I've watched them a couple times, you know, just on repeat or what you know in syndication on you know, I've seen this one but I'll watch it again because they have really cool you know ingredients a lot of things you don't right. see on normal shows yeah um the one the one I liked is when it was uh it was a kids episode and I really don't like watching kid competition yeah so but the one I did watch it was it was really funny the kid made a dessert and uh it was a parfait like uh-huh. a yo- like a yogurt parfait uh-huh. so it was this giant yogurt parfait and <laughs> it was kind of given away at the end of the episode, who won? Because <laughs> they had to to pull the, the cloche. You know how they pull the cloche off of the the plate to show who yeah. got who got chopped. Yeah, and his was a giant yogurt parfait, <laughs> which wouldn't fit under a, a cloche. So you you automatically knew who won just because it didn't fit under. I thought it was really clever and kind of like a. They're like, so here we go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, guess you know who won. <laughs> you know, I I like chops. Um. But I, I feel not necessarily bad for the competitors, but I feel like sometimes the best chef doesn't always win. Yeah, I mean, you have a, if you have a bad meal. Because, and plus... The other thing, the one thing that really bothers me about Chopped is they say you got to have all your ingredients, but I've seen people move forward that didn't use yeah. an ingredient, and that makes me mad. And I, th- I think that should be automatic Automatic disqual- I don't care. I don't care how good it was. Yeah. Sorry, you're gone. Yeah. You didn't use the ingredient. It's gone. Yeah. Sorry. That's a that's a major rule. That should because, be immediate. Because it's basically telling you like if you can make a meal good enough without like like say like one of the ingredients is durian fruit which tastes horrible. 
I if if I since I know that like well even if I leave an ingredient off if I make the meal good I'll get passed. I would take the risk of just not even using the durian fruit, right? And just being like, oh, I forgot it. You got that opportunity, but making something really good because like you know it's not they, an automatic qualification. That, that really makes me mad. Yeah, I think it should automatically just say, you know what? Automatic. Even if yours is the best dish of this round, gone. Sorry, you forgot an ingredient. You're done. You're done. I agree. Um, I also feel like maybe it's just because they play it up more. But I feel like when there's ever a competitor that has a really, really big sob story, they're mm. automatically going to win. I, you know what? I disagree with that because a lot of times when they show the really big sob story, it's the next one to go. I don't know, man. Because one time, yeah, maybe not. This I guy, that way. this guy had cancer like three or four times and beat him three or four times. Yeah. The minute he said that at the beginning, I was like, "This guy's going to win the competition," and he, and he did. Yeah, there you go. I was like, "I know he's going to win." And sometimes, like, and maybe because it's also probably you know the way they edit the criticism. Yeah. It seemed like well, and that's that's the other thing. That's what I mean. It's hard because like show. when you see the criticism, I'm like, well, they're criticizing his dish more. And he stays in someone. I think. I'm, I think we're out. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. But um. Right, that show's over. Coffee's gone. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel like with the editing, you sometimes think like, oh, they obviously like this dish the best, and then that thing, that one gets cut, and you're like, well, wait, you didn't have anything bad to say about it, but they might have just cut out that right part. Yeah, the editing on those shows. is And it's hard because I feel like with some of the ingredients, it's hard. Like even if you're like a really good chef. It's it's hard to prove that you're the best chef with chopped. Yeah, I think Iron Chef America is a better way to see a pure chef making it like making do with his best effort. Yeah, but it's also only one ingredient that has to be right in but, each dish. But with some of the stuff they make, it's so creative. Like you have it in there, but it's basically a whole other. It's not even like necessarily that dishes. The only thing you think about with that ingredient, yeah, they well they transform the right. one ingredient. So it's, but I think it's nice because the way actually I actually found out that it works. I looked it up for Iron Chef, and the way it actually works is, so the competitor, they know what the secret ingredient is going to be ahead of time. Oh, okay. Basically, a bit before the competition starts, the competitor gets to choose from three different secret ingredients. Oh, okay. He picks one. They tell, and he picks which Iron Chef he wants to compete with ahead of time. The Iron Chef knows what the secret ingredient is too because they plan their dishes ahead of time because they need to tell the kitchen what ingredients they need. Mm. Which makes sense because some of the stuff they use, I'm like, yeah. like that pantry is not just going to have this rare mushroom sitting around right. in case uh, someone yeah, wants true. to need it. Right. Someone wants to use it. So they, they do that. And I think that's nice because you can really see or what like kind of They're chef not going to have a, a bowl of xanthan gum ready to go. Right, right. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we always keep this for every competitor yeah, in case they yeah. need it. So I, but I like that because it really shows you what these chefs can do. Yeah, it's not just a. Well, I got to use gummy bears and. See, I kind of like, like that because turkey. You, it forces you to transform it. Yeah, and that's that's what I like. One of their one of their you know keys to judging, you know the the competi- competitors and what they they, they right. make is because they transform that leftover. I pot pie right. into something else so they'll scrape the, the the top off the pot pie use the crust in something yeah and then take the chicken wash it off and then cook it you know prepare it a different right. way you know they, they they use the ingredients inside yeah. of the ingredients and going with what you said about leaving an ingredient off i also think they should be majorly considered for disqual for elimination in a round where if they take something and literally just sprinkle it over the top as like a garnish well yeah that's that's because to me i'm like too, yeah. you might as well just not have used it yeah 
like like I've seen I've seen it before where it was like I'm just I think it was one of the leftover episodes yeah. where they just they like picked all the peas out of whatever it was and right. I'm just using this for instance right, right they just picked one certain thing out of it and they said that's what they they used it right that's, that but that was a that, that was a chicken pot pie with peas in it right and all you did was use you can't the peas. say you use the peas and like that's the chicken pot pie right and, and I've seen that before and yeah. people get past with that it kind of like bugs me there. I th- yeah I think they should be considered for elimination yeah um but yeah, going to Iron Chef America I love Iron Chef and Iron Chef America. I like the original Iron Chef better because yeah. I love Kwisan. 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 Yes, Kwisan. Yes. Kwisan. Yes. I always like because yes. they'll be in the middle of talking and all of a sudden you just hear, Kwisan. <laughs> it's just like, there's like, I have an update. Out of my way. Yeah, my I have an update. Um, but I like it, one, because Alton Brown, because he has such a wealth of knowledge. I wish Alton Brown was the host of the original. I wish Alton Brown was the host of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Alton Brown, if for some reason you listen to this episode, we <laughs> you can come on. Yeah. Um. But uh, Iron Chef America. My favorite Iron Chef, I think, is Michael Simon. Ah, Morimoto. Well, he's also he's always he's OG, good, but, you know. But Michael Simon, after watching him, I think he has restaurants in like Chicago or or he's he's good. I like yeah. somewhere. But I would really like to try his. Who's the other one? The uh, his Zakis or something. Looks Who? like him, the the Greek one that looks like him. Oh yeah, he was on there once. Yeah, he's been on um like Cutthroat Kitchen a few times and yeah. chopped and stuff. Um, he's really good. He's really good too. I, I, when I've seen him in cooking competition shows, he's done really really well. But um, I think he's really good at, uh, good at it. Um, who else do I like? I've watched Garces a few times. I like him. He's, I don't like I think the he's woman. Really good. Cat Cora. Cat Cora. I feel like. Maybe it's just the ones they show because I watch I watch them on Hulu. Yeah. Maybe it's just the episodes they pick. Every episode with Kat Cora in it on those episodes on Hulu, she loses. I don't think I've ever seen her win a competition. I don't because she's not a good cook. Man, throwing down a gauntlet today. <laughs> I don't think she's that good. I don't. I don't like her. Like I think she's bad. I don't know. Um, can I? I want to talk about my favorite competition show now. And that's the great, Go for it. the great British baking show. You just started watching this, right? Yeah, it is so good. You, I've heard really need, good things about it. You need it. to watch it. It is great. One, it's informative. Two, you like all the competitors. And I heard because like they're, everyone's very nice. Like there's no like you got to talk in the microphone. There's no hear. cutthroat about it. It's no. Very, like, everyone's really friendly. Nice they help each other out. They want each other to like yeah. do well. And that's, it, it's something you don't see in all the other cooking shows yeah. because it's not like in America where I'm not here to make friends. Like what was I'm what was the win. one with that um that the uh. The, the one cooking show it had the uh I, I don't know America's next I don't know one of those shows that had, had America's that, next top model it chef that, that had that tall black lady I can't stand that woman I had no idea who you're talking I don't know about. she was just on she's on that new show the chew the the talk show oh I know I know who I don't know her name but I know who you're she talking she was on about. one of those competition shows and she was just so annoying and I just I didn't like her on the competition show. and maybe she's better on the chew I don't know but I'm, I'm like I don't like her because of of the past show that she right. was on. And I don't know what it was now, but um, but talk more about the Great British Baking Show. It's such a great great show. First of all, you learn all sorts of cool things about baking mm-hmm. because it's it's literally everything is baking. I was when, before Cookies, you before you got home. I was watching savory, um, s- uh, sugary. You know, like I learned how to make shoe pastry. Right. I never knew how eclairs were made. Watch God eats. He teaches you. Bo- you. you boil water first, yeah. and then you put it into the water. And you I have to absorb it all, and yeah. But I didn't know yeah. that. You know, I mean, obviously, if you watch God eats, you learn a lot. I um, but there's other things that you didn't know. You know, different types, right? Like a Victoria sponge, as opposed to you know another type of, of a cake. regular sponge, yeah. yeah, and and a pound cake, and this kind of cake, and they're all different types of names. Plus, it's it's English 
show, so it sounds more informative. Well, I was going to say, because um, before you came home, I was watching some of the Amy. I watched the beginning of one. Mm. Man, I mean, I know it's called The Great British Baking Show. It is a very British show. <laughs> like, it is. These people are very British. So if you're using a, uh, I, I like what they when they give you the temperatures. Oh, in Celsius? It's all in Celsius. Everything's in Celsius. And and uh, the one thing I do like about it, though, is it is a ba- it is a baking show. So everything is measured in weight, in grams. So and that's how you should bake. Yeah. If you're if you're using anything with flour, you should measure it out. If yeah, you use a cup the way, of flour, it settles, it settles differently. It's packed. You should not you pack use. It in, yeah, you shouldn't use a cup of flour. It should be measured in like in volume. X grams of flour. Right. It should be or weight, not volume. Yeah. So all the measurements are in, are in, are in weight, which is great because that's how you should bake. Yeah. But then they're like when they're put into the oven, you put this on uh, one one fifty fan. Yeah, that means use the, the convection. convection. Yeah. yeah, but they don't say use it. Use the convection oven. They say fan. They say fan. <laughs> So 150 fan. If you use it's a also 150 Celsius. It's 150 Celsius fan. <laughs> it's, like, it's just really cool. But it is very like like the one um, uh, Paul Hollywood. He's just like, and he just looks at it, he says, "That is lovely." <laughs> like, who says that? You know, like, no one says that. It's great, and I and I like it because they do like um, like random things. You know, so the whole part of the competition is like you do um, you do a signature bake, and then you do. <clears throat> Um, you know, so whatever you're you're really good at, whatever that person says, you know, they they give you they, like we're doing cakes today, mm-hmm. so they have and it's only on weekends, so the competition every time they're in there it's only on the weekend, and they have a week to prepare. They for have a it, whole right? week to practice whatever they're going to bake for their signature bake, and then they have a um, uh, uh, what's called the uh, oh man, what, the technical bake. So that's the surprise one. It's something that's very technical. You have to follow the directions. This is how it should be done. And this shows that you can do it properly, right? So they don't really give you like, like how to fold the pastry, or they right. don't tell you how it's supposed to be, how it's supposed to look in the end. Yeah, they just give the instructions of what it is, and you need to to form Figure it, it to, out to whatever yeah. you think it's supposed to be. Yeah. So it's really cool in that respect because you you, you learn all these different, you know, uh, something religio or something like that. So some some random thing, and all it is is eclairs stacked up to make it look like a nun. What? <laughs> yeah, and it's but but it, but it, it's 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 cool. It's like yeah. it was you know, and they do like um Victoria baking. So they had um um meat pie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's apparently that's pretty big, big in England. Right. Like pork pies and yeah, all that. Yeah. But they made a game meat pie. So you oh. had to do it with game meats. Yeah. And then they had so like pheasant or yeah, elk or whatever. Or elk, right? whatever, yeah. you know, so game all the game meats, venison. And uh it's just a really cool show because it's not just um it's not just baking in a sense of we're making cakes or we're making cookies but they make like uh crackers they make breadsticks right they'll make uh you know anything that can be baked not but, just but also not like just savory stuff right yeah too yeah it's really it's really cool and it's it's um it's it's just show that you don't have you have a favorite but you root for everybody right because everyone's so nice they're not like, oh man they're not just like the one person who's there to right. be mean you feel and bad if someone goes home because like you, you became attached to that person yeah more so than in, in American baking, where there's they, it seems like they always cast a villain. Yeah, someone that you're gonna you're gonna hate, or at least edit to make it seem like someone's a villain. Yeah, and, and the other thing is too, like they obviously cast people that are better than other people. Like they have they have a range of skills in, in the people because I guess you you got to cut people in the beginning, and you can't have everyone as, as amazing. You know that star baker. That's what that's their thing for whoever whoever does best. Right, star baker for the week. It's nothing more than hey, you were Star Baker. Yeah, 
uh, you don't get like there's no immunity next time or right or right nothing like no, that. You don't yeah pick tick the next challenge or anything like that and it's, I just I think it's a really good really good show yeah. I think the competition is good and I think everyone has an opportunity to succeed yeah yeah um, it was really cool they lined all the, uh, the the signatures up and they go through and they t- taste it and it's like they're all sitting in front of them uh-huh. as they're tasting it and they don't know who's they're tasting. Oh, that's good. I like that too. Right. So it's just a, a table of everyone. So that stuff. way it really is. Like sometimes in like cooking competitions in America, I feel like when they're like even like ten or fifteen people out, I feel like the show and the producing stuff are already like we want this person to win. Yeah, and this is like it's blind. Yeah, they're just eating everything. And they're like, this is good. Uh, the cake is dry. This is bad. Not a very good show. And they go to the next one. This is really good. This is this that this, and then they, at the end they go. All right, who did the? They, they go one, two, three, four, five, six. They rank them, and then they go through. All right, who was number six? And the guys like, you know, it's like, you know, it's. I, I raise my hand, you know, me, meagerly to to demonstrate. You didn't <laughs> yeah. see that. Nice visual uh, visual reference on a podcast. But that that's my new favorite yeah. competition show right now. Better than all the all the rest, honestly. Right um, just as. Last two seasons, I've really gotten into MasterChef. I've never watched. It's that. pretty good. I like it. Um, it's sort of I like it because they're also amateur cooks. I feel like a lot of times what they don't show is I don't know this for sure, but I really feel like they get time before they cook to prepare right. and look at re- look at recipes. Yeah, because the way these people make some things, because sometimes they're like, I've never made this like made this dish before. And at the end, I'm like, then how do you know how to even make it? Right. Like, right. how do you know how to make it and make it taste good? Like, so I th- I feel like when they get the ingredients, they have at least a little time. Sure. There's got to be some. Especially some things when they're like, you're making cupcakes. N- unless you're like a professional baker, no one has just a cupcake recipe in the in their back pocket. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unless you're a professional cook, obviously. Because it's, so, it's such an exact measurement type thing. Well, yeah. That no one is like... Oh, I know exactly what measurements to use. That's why I like the baking show because it is so. You precise. know they have prepared a research, yeah, and, and and you know that there's a week, yeah. But then you do know that there's a certain point where they're all like the entire group of people is like, we have no idea what this yeah. is, and you you could tell because what they produce is nothing like what it's supposed, supposed to, to look be. like, yeah. right? Right? Because they show you what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. And the other cool thing is they did um so which brings it back to informative is that they did a spinoff show where it was master class. So then Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood mm-hmm. are standing in the same tent cooking everything. A with? Th- th- no, that they had them cook during the competition. So it's at the end. The end of the, So after that season, uh-huh. they have another show that has a second season that they cook everything that they asked them to cook for the competition. Right. They go there and, and do it there. Like, kind of like, here's what it's supposed to be like. Here's what it's supposed thing. to look like. And then they, they flash back to the... Oh, right. And so people are like, oh, I wasn't even this close. Looks, <laughs> and you're like, wow, that's <laughs> not what it's supposed to be. You know? so, and it's really cool. That's why I like it. And apparently in in British television, they're huge on Christmas specials. Oh, really? They like the Christmas? Like every every TV show on BBC has a Christmas special. Doctor Who had a Christmas special. Uh, Sherlock had a Christmas special or whatever it's called, the Sherlock Holmes show. But everything on Netflix that comes from BBC has a Christmas special. Downton Abbey had a Christmas special. Like they're all Chris. They, they have a... Dickensians? The Dickens. Is that what it is? They're all... I guess. They, ever since Dickens, they love Christmas. They love Christmas episodes. Like, they have Christmas specials for everything. Yeah. There's like a million Doctor Who Christmas specials. Yeah, every year they do a Christmas special. That, that's what I'm saying. Apparently, Christmas is every year. Yeah. Well, it, Christmas is every year. Not apparently. <laughs> Christmas does happen every year. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Um, but yeah, I've, the other thing I was saying about why I think there's recipes in MasterChef. 
So recently, this one sh- this one guy, he was like an older guy. He's like a rancher. So he's a very meat and potatoes kind of guy. And one of the things was cupcakes. He he was like, he made like three different cupcakes. And he's like, I'm making like a chocolate espresso with like a homemade caramel. And I was like, there is no way this guy knows this by heart. Like right. he does not have this recipe down to be like, I'm just going to start making this cup, this fancy cupcake. Yeah. There is no way he can be prepared to make a cupcake like that. Right, and I think just out of, just, just out by heart. Like I just know it. You know, and it's, that's kind of one of the problems I have as a amateur. Obviously I'm very amateur. Just a home cook. I do a lot of like, trial things you know mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do oh i like that let me try that i'll try it out yeah and i'll do it and i'm like oh that's really cool i need to do that again and i never, I never do it again right and, and it, i feel like I, I need to get just you know do one thing i need to focus you know <laughs> or at least write down what you're putting in so that way yeah, for the next time you're like what did i put in this again I like do last that time a lot where i just make something yeah. and just dash here dash there dash here dash right there, and i can never re- get the same ratio again you're like, you're like what did i do yeah. again last what time it, this, this horrible this time why Another yeah, I one. Do that a lot. Another show I like. Um, I like Hell's Kitchen. I don't like Gordon Ramsay. Just because it's fun to watch Gordon Ramsay yell at people. I don't like that. It's I don't fun. see a need to have something to watch somebody. No, yell. it's pretty fun. No. The only thing I don't like about Hell's Kitchen is they almost make it into too much of a like almost like a Big Brother where they start showing what happens like on the off hours when they're not cooking, like almost like the drama that's going on like in the house. And I'm it's like, like, I don't care chef. about yeah, like I don't care about that. I just want to know who's Didn't cooking. Top chef do that. I think I don't really watch Top Chef. That was good. That's yeah. where I think that's where Zarkarian came from. Was Top Chef? I think it was. Yeah, originally. Yeah. Um, I also I like Cutthroat Kitchen, of course, because Alton Brown hosts it. Yeah. Um, that cut, one's, I mean, that, that one's Cutthroat I Kitchen. I think it's more one. it's more entertainment than anything yeah, else. Because Cutthroat Kitchen is another one where you don't necessarily have to be the best chef to win. No. You have to play the game right. Yeah. And I'm ready. Do you ready? I've already I figured out a strategy for how to play this game. All right. All right, so basically, you know you know the show, right? Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. so if there's ever a sabotage... You want to explain in, the yeah, show? Yeah, in case people to... don't know, basically the show is there's four chefs. It's almost like Chopped in Disrespect where there's four chefs. You, there's not an app... Like Alton Brown, each round will say, I want you to make this dish. Like say, um, chicken noodle soup. I don't know. Like You know, you have 30 minutes to make chicken noodle soup. You have a minute to shop for ingredients, to go get ingredients. And then each person gets $25,000 and you can bid on sabotages. Right. And you only leave with the money that you have left that you haven't bid away. Right. Now, the problem with some people are, one, these people try to save as much money as they can to have as much at the end. So they win, yeah. But the problem is, what you have to remember is, this is a zero, this is a game where if you lose, you get zero. Right. So even if you win with a hundred dollars, that's ahead. better than winning with zero than losing with zero dollars. Right. A hundred dollars is better than zero. Right. So these people try to like they're like, well, I don't want to bid that much. Now saying that, there's a few things because some sabotages will affect like all three of the other like in the first round, like there's four chefs. One sabotage might might affect all three other people. You never want to bid on that. You never want to be the one that wins that, because all it does is put the other three on the same level again. Right. Because especially in the first round, you don't have to be the best; you just have to not be the worst. And if you bid and sabotage all three people, you can bet that very next sabotage is going to you anyway. Right. Because one of those people is gonna is gonna be mad and is gonna be competitive, and they're gonna bid the highest just to give it to you. Right. So you never want to do that. You always you always want to see if the sabotage is something that you can't. 
you can't get past and then don't bid on it like because sometimes there's there's some things where like i can't like one time they had to make like the thing was making crepes and one of the sabotages was you had to use a crepe pan that was all dented up and like you couldn't I, use I, it. I think I saw that, yeah. So it's like that, you're not going to win with that because you, you can't make a crepe. Right. So you have to kind of pick and choose what sabotages you want. And and you also, if, you are, if you're on the losing end of that sabotage where you get three, never bid on that next sabotage because whoever wins it anyway is going to give it to the person that won that, didn't get it, that right. last one. So you can save your money from that one. And the other thing that I think is weird is a lot of times people spread out the sabotages where that only puts things... So, like, if someone already has, like, one or two sabotages against them, if you win that next sabotage, you get, you pile it on that one person. Right. Because then they're definitely... Because they're going to get so much that they're going to lose. Because, like I said, you don't have to be the best. You just have to not lose. Right. So, I think, I think there's a lot more strategy to that one than just being a good cook. Like, you need to really plan... And, like I said, I think a lot of the problem is some people are just like, I'm not going to spend any money because I want to walk... But if you lose... If you lose and you have twenty five thousand dollars left, you're still walking out with zero dollars. Right. It doesn't matter if you didn't like. You have to spend the money. Yeah. Because like I said, if you lose, if you win and you have two hundred dollars, you're still better than leaving with zero. So basically, the premise behind behind what you're saying is, it's it's like three people being chased by a lion. Yeah. You don't have to be faster than the lion. You just have to be faster than than the, the other. Either just, not just even, one just, person. Yeah, you just have to be not the slowest. Not the slowest. Just don't be. Don't just beat the the other slowest. Right, people. and yeah. that's and that's what people don't do. Yeah. <coughs> so I think I think that that game is a lot more strategy than straight cooking skill. I mean, yeah. there obviously is cooking skill because some I've seen people. This one time, this one guy actually did, he was the first person to ever win with all twenty five thousand dollars. Oh really? And in the last round, he had all the sabotages against him because he didn't bid on anything. Right. And he still won. So obviously there's still some skill involved, yeah, and some luck because it's like the guy who played Jeopardy, he was playing the board and would get all the double Jeopardy. Yeah, and, and he eventually lost because he won a bunch because because he said like he was answering the questions as quickly as possible because he because he was a professional poker player. Okay, and that's why because he devised a strategy because right. basically it was like that is like I'm bidding big and going big. I'm not trying to beat the other two people. I'm just trying to beat the house. Yeah, because if I don't. Because if you lose, you get zero. Right. So the object is not, is not to win. It's just not to lose. If, I mean, if that makes sense. There is a difference between those two things. I don't have time to go into game theory right now. but No, that def- there definitely is a, a big difference. Yeah. but so I, there's a theory named after it. Right. So I like so I like Cutthroat Kitchen, but I like it. It's more of a strategy than a straight cooking show, I yeah. think. But Alton Brown hosts it, so he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> um. Top Chef was good. I like Top Chef. I think it was more drama. Right. It was almost show. more of like a Big Brother show. It than, was a Big Brother. Or like Survivor than anything with else. cooking. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I don't... I'm trying to think of another cooking show that, that was like a game show that we haven't discussed. I mean, there's a bunch of them, I think, in uh, on Food Network. But I don't really watch Food... I mean, I don't have cable right now, so I don't really watch much Food Network. Yeah. Like I heard Guy Fieri had a show called Guy's Grocery Games or something like that. Okay. I don't even know if that's a cooking show. It's on Food Network, so I'm assuming. So I think we got off off topic with the cigar. You know, let's touch base again. I'm about uh two inches left in the cigar. Yeah, me too. And I uh, may have two and a half. Starting to get a little hot, a little more spice to it. It's, it's good. Don't get me wrong, but I'm probably going to put it out here pretty soon. And uh, just as you expected, you know, we're running out of time here. Yeah. 
I was worried this one was going to go real. I thought it was going to go longer. No, no, we did pretty good an hour 23. It's not bad. You know, if you uh, stuck around that long to find out what we, you know, the competition shows. Again, Great British Baking Challenge is better than the rest. <laughs> it's your now, winner? It is the winner now. It's your mic pick? That is the mic pick of the night. <laughs> it's the best there is. And I guess Cutthroat Kitchen's your favorite. Um, recently, yeah. No, no. Recently, MasterChef is. Because they're coming out. New, they're, it's the new season. So I've been watching that every yeah. week. I don't like any of the seasons, to be honest. Oh, here it is. And there's the loud car <laughs> in the neighborhood. Let's see if it, see if we can hear this. Anyway, <laughs> I think I'm going to cut it here anyway. Yeah, so, me too. Uh, it was a good good episode, Ryan. It, it was a good way to talk about cooking shows. I think so. Um, We're not all about just food. We're about food entertainment. That's right. All food, all aspects of food. Um, Once again, if you'd like to email us, Mike, what's our email address? adcigarpod at gmail.com. You got it this time. I got it. And you can follow us on Instagram at? I don't know. adcigarpod. I was going to say, it's the same, the exact same thing. (laughs) Exact same. Um, I I would say follow us on Twitter, but we only do much on Twitter, more on Instagram. I don't really like Twitter. No, I don't like it either. I like Instagram. Yeah, I prefer Instagram. Um, and our website is Mike the after dinner cigar dot com. There you go. And you can tell us what you like there. Leave a comment. Leave any comment, and good, uh, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. If I you want to leave us a review comment. on iTunes, I just paid for the re, the re up of the website. So oh, did you? Yeah, people need to start using it. Yeah, start using <laughs> it, people. <laughs> uh, I know we had uh, complaints about um uh trying to trying to listen to it on the website. So we got to make sure we we get that. So you can listen on the website. I okay, think you can. yeah. I don't see why you can't, but was it Dave? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our only Dave, our only listeners. Dave, <laughs> just push play on the website. Buddy. That's what I thought. You just push play on the website. <laughs> he was saying that his his, uh, his iPod player was draining his data. Somehow. Oh yeah, he told me if he told me to put it our podcast on something else because he didn't like the one they downloaded on his. Yeah, he he asked me. He says did the uh, the the American Podcasters Association. <laughs> Did they ban us? That's why we hadn't had an episode. Said, oh, oh there, good. there we go. All right. And we're going to end it here just because apparently my neighbor needs to have the loudest car possible. Uh, have a good night. Yep. Have a good night. Thanks for listening, guys.